Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. Garrett Callender and Chris Miggs here. Uh, we're going to chat wrestling like every week. I changed the, I don't say I'm the host anymore. It feels weird. I, I'll be honest. I've felt weird about it for about 150 episodes. And because I just you don't feel like a host. It. I mean, I'm not hosting anything other than I do invite you to the, this chat uh, that we're currently sitting in. Right. You're, you're the, yeah, I don't know, Garrett. You're the, you're the leader. It counts. I mean, you're the host. I'm that I'm a co-host sucks. or a I'm I'm maybe maybe Fax and I are just the Ed McMahon to your Johnny Carson. I guess we can't Ed, both be Ed McMahon. I think Fax is more Ed McMahon and I'm Doc Severinsen with an orchestra. <laughs> I will say, uh behind the scenes here, um we uh this is not a terribly late time, but we uh we had to put off recording because we both had to get our children to bed. Just, just both of us, just dadding alone tonight. Just, yeah, just two proud papas putting babies to sleep, and then sneaking down to the basement to be trolls and joke <laughs> about and shit. <laughs> Although I will say, at this time last night, I was, I think, literally just putting my daughter in a cab after Grand Slam. <laughs> <laughs> Alone, so that you could go to the bar. <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> she got home. I I found her in bed. I guess I. Um, I you're like I paid the cabbie twenty bucks to tuck her in and not be weird. Um, <laughs> so before we get into Grand Slam, uh, I was very fascinated. I love that you told me this. You said you had jury duty today. That's right. I had to go to jury duty. Um, and so a couple things about that. Uh, first, so I, it was a couple hours and then I was selected to like be in a jury room and I haven't gotten called yet to talk to the lawyers, but I don't know how I'm going to feel because one of the lawyers, so like you could, on the one hand, you could say he kind of looks like JD Drake. <laughs> But on the other, more accurate hand, you could say that he really looks like what would happen if Shane Douglas and Conrad Thompson fucked. <laughs> just, just a bottle of cum? What is that? <laughs> no, it's just like, it's kind of Shane's face. <laughs> no, I know what you more mean. more of that rotundy Conrad kind of vibe. It's very interesting. I... It's all I could, and that's, you know, it's kind of a nice thing about jury duty, because I don't generally spend a lot of days, like, not thinking, and, uh, you know, I could check my phone, but there was only so much I could do, mm -hmm. and so I just, I got to sit there and, like, ponder and think about what this man's face reminded me of. Um, so, uh, we'll see. That was, uh, <laughs> that was okay. I also, by the way, just also wrestling-related, um, on while I was waiting and and at, on my lunch break, which I spent in a Popeyes, um, I read. Uh, I was reading Sabu's autobiography. Did you have that in the room? Like, so you, I mean, obviously you did. You didn't leave that at Popeyes when you were done. No, no. Like you brought you brought. So okay, so they're going through the room selecting people. Uh -huh. Um, you're a classy guy. You seem like a man who owns a suit. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't wear a suit to. The, I mean, I just wore a polo shirt. But it's it's random. It starts random. So jury jury selection. It starts. They they got like thirty people in a room. They only need six jurors for civil court. Apparently, uh, you'd think I you'd think I would know that as a lawyer, but I I didn't remember that. Um, but they they call six people up and they start asking them questions to decide if they're going to keep them or not. Basically, um, I haven't I haven't gotten chosen yet. I did put on my juror. A certification thing that I I like professional wrestling. They asked for my hobbies and interests, so I listed podcasting and professional wrestling. So we'll see what, what that does. I was hoping that you like showed up in one of your weirder wrestling shirts because you're like I want to not get chosen, so I wore a shirt of like bloody Candice LeRae or Jimmy Lloyd doing anything, um, <laughs> or I just wore a scissor me hat. Just to really, <laughs> you've got no the context. foam finger on, just scissoring yourself. Pick um, me, guys. Pick me. Um, yeah, no, I didn't. I read Sab. I didn't read Sabu's book in the jury room. I did read it in the waiting room, though. I don't know if anyone there is. I was reading a book with just a scarred man on the cover, so I don't know what people were thinking about that. <laughs> Were you just uh, making sounds and muttering to yourself as well? Like I, <laughs> I picture you just trying your hardest to get out of this. I, you know, I try to be respectful of it that I, I recognize that like someone has to do this. And if they pick me at some point, I guess, I guess I will have to do this. Um, I don't really want to um, because I have other things to do and work and stuff, but it is what it is at some point, you know, we got to figure this out. Um, so we'll see. Sabu's book, good, by the way. I'm about a hundred pages in. Um, my favorite story so far is that so I think pretty everyone knows Sabu's uncle was the original Sheik. And Sabu mm-hmm. was like in his late teens when he was bugging his uncle to start training him to wrestle. And his uncle said, No, 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 I'm not gonna do it. And then Sabu uh is at like a cookout, <laughs> and these these guys come and like things get crazy and Sabu gets like shot in the face. What? He tells a very lengthy story about just getting shot in basically up through like the bottom like like he like all of his teeth are were like destroyed. And at the end of that he's like recovering in the hospital and he's like, "Well, if I can do this, I guess my uncle has to respect me." And he finally calls his uncle and is like Will you train me to wrestle? And his uncle, uh, uncle says yes. Now, um, I did. It did strike me that on the one hand, this would prove to anyone that you're tough, for sure. Although on the other hand, it did also make me think that after the getting shot incident, Sabu's mom was probably basically just like, "Hey, brother, can you like you live kind of out in the country? Can you like just get my son?" out of fucking Detroit for six months so he doesn't get shot again. Jesus Christ. And that led him to um... him being this. My God. ah. She's just like, can you be nice to the kid for a minute? Like he, he really wants you to like him and he got shot in the face. Like this is, (laughs) can you do me a favor as your flesh and blood, uh, <laughs> treat him like Stu Hart would treat anyone in the dungeon if you need to. But 
Except well, it sounded even weirder. He made him like uh, the sheik made him basically like chop wood for six months before he trained him. I hate that. I <laughs> that is like a real training montage from like a Rocky movie where it's like you've got to go do some dumb shit. And like if you ask Brian Knobs how much wood he had to chop to get it to where he was, the answer is zero wood. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, that sucks, though. I did not know he got shot in the face. That's awful. Yeah, it does put like perspective on people are like, man, Sabu was a risk taker. It really did, felt like he didn't care what happened to his body. And you go, well, I think once you get shot in the face, like landing hard just doesn't seem nearly as problematic. It just, yeah, it doesn't hit the same. Like that bicep being torn off, nothing. Yeah. Not a, you ever missed, not a missed all your teeth from getting shot under the chin? No. Right. Good God. Um, I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> I guess like if we have to keep it in the, the world of the hardcore, our good pal Hardway Heater... It was announced that uh, him and his his little guy Sean Campbell are the first two entrants in Matt Tremont's uh, death match tournament coming up at H two O next month. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited to see that. Um, I was thinking about going, and then I looked up where Tremont's H two O center <laughs> is relative to New York, and it's in New Jersey, but it's like south of Philly, and it's like I'm there's no and basically I, I was also like, well, how do I get there via public transportation? And uh, the suggested route from Google Maps was five hours long. <laughs> like you said, the suggested route from Google Maps was hitchhike. <laughs> <laughs> just, just throw a hand up; it'll be fine. Um, yeah, it's like, have you ever hopped a boxcar? Because uh, there's a there's a real, real easy route. There's a couple layovers, and you do have to share a car with some unsavory characters but you'll learn songs you haven't heard before <laughs> oh come on garrett we've all listened to a couple of mumford and sons albums we've, we've heard those songs <laughs> we're white guys who like indie music and are, are the age we are um by the way speaking of of uh weird things that could be dangerous for me like boxcars um, oh god I so my favorite uh my wife and I's favorite deli is closing down. Yeah. It was kind of a bummer. Always, you know, the New York delis, they always have that like important relationship to them. Like when my wife and lived close to where we live now, when we started dating, like this was the place we would go like late at night, you know, if we were coming back from something where it's just kind of at that deli. And even now it's like it's like if I had to go get ice cream or something, I'm always going to that deli and I don't know, I'm gonna miss it. And so they've been having a 50% off sale on everything this week. So I've bought some ice cream. Um, I bought some Prime Energy. I bought the last two Prime Energies. Um, I had orange mango. It was pretty solid. I gotta say, pretty solid. Um, Enough caffeine to kill a middle schooler. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and even and delicious, too. Um, <laughs> it's, nowadays, that's what it would be. It's like, come on, Uncle, uh, Uncle Sandman. Little oh. Garrett... Little Garrett drank a prime energy. He got brought in with that bad crowd and Logan Paul tricked him into drinking his po his poison juice. Can you please train him to be a wrestler? 
right, here's what we're going to do. You take, you got that uh, prime stuff? Uh, have a beer. That'll slow you down. I'll even you out. You got to go to uppers and downers. Just <laughs> remember, remember that uh, it, that the St. Louis show and Sandman just like fell asleep in the corner or something. Yep. Yep. Think think what it would life would be like for him if he was just drinking prime energy rather than Bud Lights or Miller High Life or whatever the fuck he drinks. How do you know he's not? Maybe that's him <laughs> with an energy drink. Just a, like a little kid after too much candy. Just had a hard crash, napped in the corner of <laughs> Pops and Sasha. <laughs> I mean, there's. I think there's worse places Sandman's fallen asleep. Oh, absolutely. Probably absolutely. in a match with Sabu. You might actually be in that boxcar with him on the way to, <laughs> to H2O. But so I went in tonight and they were really starting to run low on stuff. And uh, so as a result, when you're, you know, there's things that your eye passes by when you're just looking at a full beverage rack that Mm -hmm. when it's, you know, there's not much there, you just notice them. And uh, I picked up something half off. Don't know how much it was originally. doesn't really matter. Um, Something called pirate water. It's margarita flavored. It's a malt beverage with natural and artificial flavors, certified color, and FD&C yellow number five. Um, It's 10% alcohol. It appears to be somehow related to barstool sports, so that's cool. Um, (laughs) And uh, I'm going to open this up because I'm curious. Legitimately, the owner of the store looked at me like, I don't usually just buy like two cartons of ice cream. Like what, what's your problem? What's going on here? Why are you doing this to yourself? (laughs) He's like, you know, that's going to give you a tummy ache. You're 40. (laughs) So we're going to see. Oh, this smells bad. Is that a tall boy? Like what size can am I looking at? It's a, it's a pint. It's a pint can. That is too much of whatever you're about to drink. Let's okay. The can is green. It's got a skull and crossbones. Oh dear. It's oh. It's like imagine if a margarita were initially smooth, but on the end just so painful. Oh um. Well, then it nothing like Terramana. No. No, with Terrapana tequila, your margaritas are uh, are going to be great ones. Um, Terramana. <laughs> Speaking of that motherfucker, are you going to finish that drink, by the way? I'm going to take I at think... least two more sips. Uh, there's no way I'm finishing this. Finish it. You got jury duty in the morning. <laughs> See, it's like I juror number to... seven, you smell like pirate water. <laughs> I just have to stop smelling it. That's the problem. Every time I smell it, I just. (laughs) Every time Chris takes a drink. (laughs) Every time Chris takes a drink, he looks like a little kid going off the diving board. He's plugging his nose. He's. Like, you look like you're drinking something just putrid. It's so bad. Um. The second sip was slightly better than the first one, but I think it's because I, I've, like, you develop a tolerance, I guess, slowly to, to the pain. They, yeah, they call it acquired taste. 
So you, by the end of that can, you're going to be ready for two more. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, we'll see. Man, I remember uh, when I first moved out to L.A., um, my friends and I, when True Blood, when it was True Blood Nights, we would buy these shitty margarita mix buckets mm. where you basically just pour a bottle of tequila in this thing and stick it in the freezer and have the shittiest margarita you've ever had. And I feel like I had a better experience with those plastic buckets than you did with that uh, little sip there. Yeah, this is horrible. Um, Zero stars. Um, This is Barstool Sports. You are the opposite of Logan Paul. (laughs) They seem like they'd have so much in common. Um, One sip, everybody knows the rules. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Yeah, I did. uh, Sorry. No, I was going to say, because we had mentioned Terramana, uh, The Rock had some news come out this week that I thought was very funny that you and I hadn't talked about, which is he basically said I was supposed to be the main event against Roman Reigns, and I backed out for whatever reason, so it ended up being whatever it ended up being, which is Cody, <laughs> Cody Rhodes. And he's like, I don't know, who knows, maybe I'm the main event this year, which means he kind of shit on what the main event became and then also is going to steal Cody's spot again. <laughs> so on the one hand, yeah, you know, little, you feel a little bad for Cody. On the other hand, uh, rock versus reigns would definitely be the night two match. Um, and I really don't give a fuck. And I would probably just, if, if Cody was wrestling night on night one against, I don't know, CM Punk or something. Logan I'm in Paul. for that. Or Logan Paul. Yeah, Cody against Logan Paul. Right? Garrett, how excited would you and I be if we got Fuck. to witness Cody versus Logan Paul and then get to just have some brunch and go home the next day? It feels so weird to say that I don't want to go see a rock match. And I don't know that I don't want to go see rock versus Roman Reigns. Like, I mean, at that point, you're basically going to see an entrance. And then 12 minutes of two guys staring at each other in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at this gonna... point, like, I mean, it's not quite as bad, but I feel like this is WrestleMania three and the rock is Andre the giant. Like the rock is huge. He's physically, physically, there's no way he can move at all. Like a wrestler anymore. He's far too big. Um, this is going to be less sad, but. I just don't think it's going to be that great. I mean, maybe I'll eat my words and I'll be like, wow, what an amazing match that was. But I mean, we all know it's going to be at least three stars lighter than uh, Cody Logan Paul. That has potential to be match of the year if they book that. But here's the match of the year match of the decade. (laughs) The thing is, I think that uh, WWE doesn't think enough of Cody Rhodes to put him up against a top star like Logan Paul in WrestleMania. Fighting words, fighting words. I'm not the one fighting. He's the one getting bumped from spots. <laughs> yeah, but it's by The Rock. Everyone gets bumped by The Rock. It's true. It's kind of like, you know, Stone Cold shows up. You, you're not the main event anymore. Yeah. Uh, Cody Rhodes would have to understand that. Like, it'd have to hurt and make this story last even goddamn longer. But, um, whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, what would happen also, though, is, Cody, is The Rock would tell uh, Cody a story about meeting Dusty or something, and you can just imagine Cody seething while he listened to it. 
Uh huh. Mm. Yeah, that's deep insight you got from that one time you met my dad, Cody. Great. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we're still going to go to that, but let's just hope the stuff we want on night one. Yeah. We'll There'll see. be tickets. There'll be tickets. We'll be fine. Um, you know what there were tickets for? Grand Slam. <laughs> Are you shitting me? Like, was it not super well attended? It was, I mean, it was well attended. I think they probably, by the end, had close to 10,000 people in there, which is never going to argue with that. But there were definitely seats available um, down to the very end. They never dropped the prices. Are you serious? Yeah, they really, I mean, they did some two-for-ones, but I think only on more some more upper-level tickets. But, like, the, the prices on the ringside tickets, the floor, all the floor tickets, I should say, never got below 500. The prices on the first level where we were sitting were two fifty a ticket. These are these I should point out these are prices with fees because New York is the only state that has the balls to force Ticketmaster to show you the fees before you purchase the ticket. So just cool. Um, Wait, is, then, it, yeah, is it really that's the only state that does that? Because pretty sure they're the only one. Maybe some others have done it now. They were okay. definitely the first. When I buy tickets now, it does like specify under this is price with fees. I don't get to see what the fees are for, but it shows me the full price. But before I... you before you click and say I'm going to purchase the ticket, correct? Yeah, the only thing oh. that's left is like four dollar handling fee or something, but it shows you basically the whole price now. Gotcha. Uh, so the I, Tennessee least... government's doing really well with that. Yeah, yeah, they haven't done anything. <laughs> I mean that's pretty good. So there has there I've missed it. Has there been anything on the other side for them recently? You mean um, uh, this was kind of exciting. So I guess the uh, the mayor of Nashville uh, since the 1800s has always been affiliated with the Vanderbilt family, right. and for the first time since then, uh, we finally voted in a mayor that isn't part of the Vanderbilt family. That seems whether like progress. he'll progress. Yeah, whether he'll do a good job is to be seen, but we fucking did it. All uh, or whether he'll be murdered by the Vanderbilts. <laughs> yeah, the, this is the the first and last time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was. I mean, look, it was full, but you could you could you could have walked in and gotten a ticket. You could have walked up that day, which was not true. Certainly, with the exception of like the worst possible tickets in the stadium, was not true the first time. Um, when they did this, do you think it was the the card? That no, I think it was the prices. I think it was the prices. The, the, I mean, the prices were really high. I definitely know people who were like, "This is too expensive. I don't actually don't want to pay this." Um, because the thing about Ash is that it's it's actually right that they tiered the prices from like not, I don't know about from five hundred to two fifty for for like ringside to the first level, but it was two fifty. It was a hundred then for the next bowl level up, but that's a pretty big distance from the lower bowl because of these suites and then it was 30 bucks just to get in like 35 something like that but those seats are so far like you're it's a perfectly fine view but you're really really vertical ash arthur ash is just very vertical so like that last row is like on top of the ring but like well well above it very very vertically up so but yeah, I think if they'd even somewhat reduced the prices in that mid-level earlier, and even a little bit in the first level, they would have sold a fair bit more tickets. But that's the thing. This is this is the weird trade, right? Where like 
if you sell enough tickets at more money, that works out, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know the exact math. So, and I didn't watch the entire show, but I, it, at no point did it not look full. I mean, they obviously shoot it to look very full. Um, I'm, if they made more money, I didn't, I don't know. It didn't affect the way it looked on television. Yeah, um, I didn't. I I watched a little bit on went back and watched a little bit on TV and too. And yeah, I'm saying uh, agreed. It looked like didn't look like you saw it. We're seeing empty seats. So, so I am curious about this. So I haven't. I know you've taken your daughter to a handful of wrestling shows at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this the biggest one she's been to? At, at For this sure. Point? Yeah, even that that um, collision. Only like five or six thousand people were there. So this is definitely by far in terms of crowd size and like like high level like main event matches this is definitely the biggest so my fear when ozzy is old enough for me to take him to events like that it's going to be like when my dad would take me to sporting events as a child it was like clockwork before something cool was about to happen i definitely had to go to the bathroom and he had to take me <laughs> did you miss any big moments for bathroom breaks with your with your child not this time for whatever reason the bathroom situation like during collision we got up a lot uh to just for whatever reason needed to pee a whole bunch um not so much this time we did so during like five minutes into the main event she looks at me and goes dad i'm really tired can we go home and i looked at her and i was like okay here's what we're gonna do we're going to get out of our seats and we're going to go to the back of this level so that we can be the first ones out. But sweetheart, this is the main event for the world title. We're not going home yet. We got like <laughs> 10 minutes left. And that's why you're a good dad. That's why I'm a good, you, I think I'm a good dad. I find the balance, right? You found the balance and you knew what was good for her. You knew that and, at some point in her life, she's going to be able to say she saw a world title match. And, and, and even afterwards, she said she said that was a that was her favorite match of the night, and she really? was so excited that she got to see the man in the Mets gear win the, win the match. Um, she said it was the best match she'd ever seen. Um, I reminded her that she'd seen some pretty good matches before, but she said this one was still the best. Um, which was interesting because earlier in the evening, Moxley versus Phoenix was the best match she'd ever seen, so it was a pretty exciting night for her. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, and then she was, ex- and she was, yeah, she was very excited that she, I think, got to see that. I think it was the right call. And again, literally, as soon as like the bell rang, I was just like, "Go run, <laughs> we're, we're going <laughs> taxi." <laughs> so, uh, what else? I don't know what else grabbed her in the show. Like, was um, who who were her guys? It sounds like she liked MJF. I'm assuming she liked Ray Phoenix. Um, well, let's. I mean, go back to the beat. So, so they taped. Again, we didn't say for any of Rampage, but they did take a tape a couple of the Rampage matches first. Oh, that's um, good. There, there was the Santana squash, but we were getting pizza during that. Um, and uh, then it was uh, the Orange Cassidy hooked Chris Statlander against 2.0 match, um, 2.0 and Anna J. And so she likes, you know, Orange and she likes hooks. So I think that was a little bit like a solid, like, beginning. Um, then, uh, Again, I don't know if she loves Eddie Kingston exactly, but I think she loved chanting for Eddie Kingston with 10,000 other rabid New Yorkers. 
she had a good time <laughs> chanting Eddie, Eddie. Um, but Eddie and K- Eddie Kingston also to like at least to to my five year old, I feel like Eddie Kingston is a great character to explain, right? Because you're like, look, Eddie is someone who has big feelings, right? Sometimes he's angry and sometimes he's sad. And he always expresses them. Now, sometimes that's good for Eddie and sometimes that's bad. But he's got, he lets his feelings out. You know, look, he's, he really doesn't like that other man for, for a very, very long time. That's why he's trying to hurt him right now. Um, but also, he, when he wins this match, he is going to cry in front of us. You know, so it's a very, <laughs> Eddie Kingston's like a very, like uh, a perfect, like you could imagine Eddie Kingston doing a segment with Elmo, I feel like, about feelings. Oh my Couldn't god! You? Absolutely. And why haven't they done this yet? You know, uh, Sesame Street's on HBO Max, so I think this is a natural crossover. Personally. I think we're closer to Orange Cassidy being on there with Elmo than than Eddie, unfortunately. But I th- look, they don't they don't air that live. They can bleep him. <laughs> If he tells Elmo to fucking feel his feelings, I mean, like this is, you know, they could they could just cut it. They could just cut that word. Be fine. Did you also be like this man really into unions? Big union guy. (laughs) We didn't discuss that. I did discuss. So this is the only match I've watched back, Um, and that's mostly because I realized midway through the show that. We were like to the far left of the hard cam shot at points. Um, and and luckily for us, right next to a man that was wearing a Hawaiian shirt fedora combo, um, <laughs> that <laughs> makes him very easy to pick out of a crowd. Was he alone? He was with a friend. Okay. Um, so he was not, he was not, I, I assume they he talked to this other person enough. That it seemed like they had been, were friends. Hawaiian shirt fedora guy talks to anyone who's next to him. Let's that be... he did talk. We did talk to each other briefly. Although I think I might have asked him. I think I asked him a question about whether, um, how, if they taped anything before we got there. So I was, I was curious, and he seemed like someone who would volunteer information. And his response was, "I don't know. I was at Margaritaville." <laughs> tonight 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 was the uh he could he couldn't miss um the jimmy buffett uh memorial at margaritaville very sad very sad yeah i I will say though i bet the i bet the margaritas at margaritaville or cheeseburger in paradise are better than pirate water i as a person who has had one in the last two to three months can vouch for it (laughs) i think it was called the perfect margarita was it perfect i don't know but it was pretty good in pigeon forge tennessee if you're in pigeon forge tennessee the the margaritaville is probably the best place to go eat there's a whole margaritaville resort there wow i know i was gonna stay there but instead i chose a yurt this seems like poor decision making garrett I feel like we don't talk about our personal lives enough on this show. (laughs) (laughs) So overall, um, I I mean, good show. Like the, 
I didn't. I only watched really the first half. Um, I really liked that Moxley Phoenix match. Other than like immediately, it looked like Moxley was hurt from Phoenix flying off the stage. Yeah, well, I thought I thought it was a great show. Yeah, Moxley and Phoenix, I thought was fantastic. It was a super super fun match. Um, yeah, really right up until that end there. I should also note. So if if you are listening to this and you haven't been following the news, so again, Mox got gets hurt. Um, someone actually later was was like. You know, why didn't they count the pin the first time? And it was like, because he wasn't supposed to win that match, buddy. You could tell when when Justin Roberts went, and Stanu, <laughs> champion Ray Phoenix. Um, but my favorite thing, and again, this is why in my deep and abiding love of John Moxley. So match ends, Phoenix is celebrating. Mox is like laid out. He's like not moving, right? Doctors come. Everyone's starting to get kind of nervous. You can see him kind of wiggling his hands, right? So, okay, so not, like, the not paralyzed sort of thing. And then um, he, like, sits up. And you're like, okay, okay, he's sitting up, he's moving, that's good. And then they're sort of, they they actually, like, went to get, um, to, like, take the ring rope down if they needed to. And he's like, no, 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 I got it. And then as he's leaving the ring... You could see him getting like visibly angry, like at himself. He's like, oh, God damn, you know, like stupid brain getting stupid concussed. <laughs> like literally Mox was angry at himself because he wrecked the finish of a match that I'm sure he thought was good. Um, and then and it honestly is still good the way it was it still ended. great. It's, it's sad that it ended the way it did. But like he just he had, they probably had another minute. Moxley hadn't even bled yet. So maybe there was that he didn't get to bleed yet. But literally, as he's getting angry at himself, you can see Renee, because we were right over by the side of the stage. You can see someone leading Renee out, like, very concerned. Like, Renee's like, it's like, is he okay? Is he okay? And Mox is already, like, walking around and mad about the finish. I love the two of them, and their relationship is great. And uh, I love John Moxley. I love his uh, his energy. Um, Does he come on her podcast very often or ever i don't think too often sometimes he has he's done it like once or twice i would love to have an interview about this where they both they discuss their (laughs) their respective feelings about the moment just a married life podcast between those two would be fascinating they were on um on total divas they were they were pretty entertaining they oh my god did you see that episode where I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. Um, But I want to say that like a guy walking by, they're eating outside like the group of them and a guy like leaned over this bush and like took Renee's hat or he did something to fuck with Renee and John Moxley basically explodes through the bushes (laughs) to go kick this guy's ass. And she's screaming like Jonathan as he's like chasing this guy. Like, they're eating brunch and he is just like zero to murder a motherfucker in like three seconds. And I love that that got left in the show. It's like, whatever. I loved every episode though, where they had to take like a beach vacation and Mox just had to wander around a resort. Just like I'm here. Yeah. Uh, they told me they'd pay me more if we do this. And Renee said uh, we had to. So <laughs> whatever. Uh, Anytime I'm sorry, you get which to Uso see- are you again? I don't I don't remember, <laughs> man. It's okay. Yeah, yep. Our wives are just, ooh, yeah, they're here. They're angry at each other. We should help them talk it out or something. I don't know. 
that show was I genuinely loved that show. I thought it was really fun seeing heel John Cena. If you ever wanted to see fucking <laughs> heel John Cena, it was total divas. He was such Can a fucking Can we get married, John? No. No. <laughs> I just it went bad once and it's just that I have a lot of money now and I don't trust anyone. So okay. Nikki Bella is such like a great person. <laughs> like, you're just watching this very nice lady get treated not really like shit, but not super great by a guy who every time we see him at his house is playing Downton Abbey, basically. <laughs> Why isn't everyone in suits for dinner? <laughs> He's like, at dinner, people wear suits. And then after, the men retire to my smoking lounge. And... <laughs> Daniel Bryan's always at my house. <laughs> Dra- Dragon's just like you're we're going to smoke uh <laughs> what? I'm going to uh do you have is there like can I smoke hemp? I don't like or can you get me a kombucha? Like what's going on? <laughs> Loved that show. Speaking of that show by the way, we should finish up Grand Slam, but speaking of that show, congratulations to my wife. Um cuz fucked off Ziggler. They finally fired him. Um, we finally got, he's finally got his comeuppance for being mean to my wife at a comedy show a decade ago. And, uh, I think we're all glad to see it. I, I'm not, I really like, didn't you think that Dolph Ziggler was a lifer there? Like I figured he would never not have a job in some capacity. Like, would he be a trainer? Would he be booking shit? It seemed like there is a place for Dolph Ziggler in that company. Uh, and Man, I just I feel like that guy got fucked left and right in that company and never really seemed to complain about it. I mean, they stopped using him like three years ago and kept paying him. So, I mean, and again, very much a prick when he met my wife and she just wanted to talk to him for five minutes about Total Divas. So I'm trying to remember, what did he say again? He Please was just very me. dismissive. He, he didn't say anything specific, but we were at. So my. uh one of my old comedy directors and a performer I was, I was really good friends with, she used to write for WWE and uh, you know, Dolph came, I think it was again, SummerSlam weekend or something. And Dolph came out to a show that we're both at. And, and he was like, this was right after he'd been told even since like I'm a big fan. I just want to go, Oh, I should go like, just want to talk to him about this a little bit. I'm like, Oh, go for it. I'll say hi. And he just like, to- was just totally dismissive. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And was like, dude, like it does not take that much effort to be, you know, polite and, sort of nice enough um the guy need from catfish wasn't even that nice and he was nicer than that so um <laughs> you know so so fucked off Ziggler and uh he and his brother can be the um the number one contenders to the ROH tag team titles in a week and a half it'll be fine do we think that's probably where this is headed I that's my guess maybe maybe they could just go be the impact tag team champions that'd probably be better right Man, that means we could see Dolph Ziggler in a ladder match in AEW. Uh, no, I st- that'd be my... fun. Yeah, let's get him for one of those, and then we'll send him to Impact. My wife would always get so mad at Dolph Ziggler in a ladder match because nobody sells how hard it is to climb a ladder more than Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I I always had a really soft spot for the guy. Like, there were some big moments in WWE while I was still watching that really sucked me in and like made me a fan and wanted to see him do well. And he was just a guy that every time he was on, it felt like 
we're doing something with him. I mean, we weren't doing something with him. We weren't doing something with him. I just um, fucking Sting Survivor Series. He took on five guys by his goddamn self. Pinned them all. Other than the last one, Sting put his lifeless body on top of Seth Rollins or something. But <laughs> he pinned everyone else before then <laughs> on his own. And now Sting's got a new son. And, you know. And they're going to okay. go kill themselves in Japan. Exactly. And that, it's going to end in that forest that Logan Paul got in trouble in. <laughs> speaking of, uh, speaking of Spooky and Logan Paul, um, I'm going to crack open the limited edition rare Glowberry Prime. It's very, it's bright green, which actually I'll, I'll segue that to talking about the women's title match from last night. Because my daughter just refers to the outcasts as the green team. Mm. Which makes sense. She was like, why is the green team fighting? I was like, well, uh, they used to be friends, but Tony Storm wants the belt too. And also she's a starlet now, and it's amazing. So I don't know how to explain gimmick <laughs> changes to you, sweetheart, but um, this is pretty great. Uh, I loved, actually, I just loved the shoe bit. At the, there's a shoe bit at the beginning that is spectacular. A, a plus from Tony Storm for use of shoes. Um, different shoe how, bit than last week like the oh, oh it's a it's a, yes it's a yes it's a fantastic use of of, of uh footwear um so Garrett, is it how's and still or in is it and still or and new it's an and still on that one okay good match good so very good i mean again soraya you know it's it's a post comeback soraya match but i think it's up by that standard it's pretty good is soraya able to take tony storm's ass that they seems like a not, move that's so they yeah. they she did she avoided the ass. That seems like a move that'd be very dangerous for somebody with that issue, the neck issue. Fair enough. Fair enough. Daniel um, Bryan's not allowed to take it either. <laughs> um, that's actually that's that's actually just um, something Bree said. That that's actually it has nothing to do with the injury. That's just <laughs> she gets a little jealous sometimes. They um, will tell on her too. Tell on <laughs> How's Glowberry? So Glowberry, I think it is good. What is Glowberry? What is it? What does um, it taste like? I I don't think I taste any berries. Like it almost tastes like maybe coconut and pineapple. I mean, I know they're all coconut water. I think the most disturbing thing is the color of it. Um, the color of it is the color of something before it glows in the dark. And I hope to God there isn't a chemical in this that actually makes it glow. Because I don't want to be ingesting that. This is actually Turn out just the lights, in- Garrett. <laughs> I can't. My, you don't need to turn the lights on to go to the bathroom with this at night. It just... <laughs> just, that could be an upside. That could be a smart, that could be like a frat boy upside. It's like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after I drink a lot of beer, I drink a Glowberry for uh, hydration, uh, and because that way I can see where my piss is going in the dark. <laughs> you ever wanted to make your wiener a nightlight? <laughs> uh, no, it is good. Like like all of them, I will say this one uh, less sweet. I feel like all of those uh, those out there that have to cut this with water because they've got nerd baby or uh, nerd adult palates and don't have the, the hip taste of a, a 12 year old at recess. Uh, <laughs> will <laughs> will not need to cut this with water. Uh, it's good. I no clue what it 
the actual flavor is because it doesn't say and <laughs> everything in it is just chemicals <laughs> where does it rank for you does it rank up there um middle okay, middle, i think middle. i middle i what's your still what's still your number one um oh man this is i love our drink podcast um <laughs> <laughs> drinks are a big when you hit a certain age drink beverages are a big deal mm-hmm. uh, al- alcoholic and non yeah, um, exactly top i mean ice pop is still exciting because i feel like it's the hardest to find still so i always get excited when i see a case of it around well that's um, interesting because I, I feel like in new york it's not that hard or at least near me it seems okay. like the cvs frequently has the ice pop in the only flavor I've never seen, so I guess it isn't the most rare. Uh, there's a white flavor called like something moon. Never had it. And okay, my it's I, what's funny. The thing my parents and I both have in common right now, like what we're able to talk about to find common ground on, mm. is um, I got them super into Prime, and uh, they will like text me pictures of what flavor they're drinking of Prime. What does that mean? Like they just tried it and they were like, this is delicious. Or are they into like the Logan Paul verse in some other way as well? <laughs> they, they are actually late, uh, late stage YouTubers now. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, <laughs> they're actually your parents uh, have uh, get, get 3000 hits for each video in which they review our podcast. <laughs> They actually, they're going to get a prime sponsorship before we do, but um, <laughs> respect to them. My 70-year-old recently retired father's like, it is his new flat Bill Hatton's like, hey, it's your boy, Brucey Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would watch that. I would be, it'd be relaxing. Do you watch, I, I, there's, I, I've been uh, watching this YouTube channel recently. This I love YouTube. Uh, for, for the things it provides us. Um, there's a channel called Rose Anvil in which a guy, um, he just cuts <laughs> shoes in half. Have you seen this? No. <laughs> it's no, great. I haven't. He reviews shoes, but he basically just cuts them in half. So you can be like, you can see like, you know, like are the, you know, nicer shoes using nicer materials, things like that. But there's also just an ASMR aspect too, where he, you just, you just see him like sawing the shoe in half. What's fun? I think YouTube is hilarious because, like, this shoe show that you're watching, any given episode probably has more viewers than the finale of Cheers. And you're just like, <laughs> so when I bring this up, obviously Garrett has seen the guy who cut shoes in half, but everybody lives in their own YouTube world and no one has seen right. the shit you're watching. So I do love, though, that like a hundred million other people are watching your shoe guy, probably. Probably. Um, and, and again, 10,000 other people are just watching your parents talk about us. <laughs> uh. Your mom's like, well, it's a thumbs up. Cause this week they didn't talk about penis cocaine. <laughs> thumbs up on that alone for me. Uh, yeah. She was never a fan of when I did stand up. Hmm. She, um, she was my harshest critic. She uh, she saw a clip of it and said to me with full sincerity, "I just don't know where I went wrong." <laughs> and it uh, it to this day 
the most hurtful roast anyone has ever given me <laughs> because it wasn't a joke. You're like, mom, did you have to say this right before my wedding? <laughs> You're supposed to give a nice, nice things to me right before this. Um, no, it's my mom too, though. My mom, uh, I love my mom, but she's she and I don't really have the same sense of humor. Um, and she's gone gone to my comedy shows, and she just sits there stone faced. Mm. She's just like, I'm here to support, but I'm not going to laugh. Um. My dad, my dad and I have a very similar sense of humor. In fact, I'm, I'm planning to, on this fall, embark on uh, a journey with my father um, in which we watch the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, my God. Can we podcast it? We can. We'll, we'll, I'll talk about, once I start doing this, I'll, I'll certainly be talking about this with you, Garrett. So, um, Can we bring him dad, on, though? Can we have both of you on and we'll do like, we'll do like a, a side quest? unpredetermined and just cover all the fast and furious movies with you and your dad only if i um can literally set my dad up in another room in my house um with all the equipment and like tell him just not to touch anything because uh my dad and technology do not get along my dad and ac- funny action movies get along very well um that's right I... he, he he's the one who taught me that action movies are both fun and hilarious so what was uh like what what's the first action movie you remember your dad taking you to or showing you? Uh the first one I re- I sort of remember going to with him was uh uh James Bond, uh License to Kill, pretty sure. It was. Okay. Um yeah, love we've watched a lot of Bond movies together. We've watched all of the Rocky movies a lot of times. Um my dad's the guy in the theater who is cheering as if he's actually at a boxing match. He's watching it. It's like, he's watching a real boxing match and one in which it's not on just on a screen. Hit him, Rocky, get him to the body. (laughs) He's in the corner. He's in the Uh, corner. Um, Speaking of Stallone, we actually have an expendables four coming out this weekend. But the the leads this time are Statham and Megan Fox. So really, this is a movie made for me and no one else. It's going to be making about zero dollars. And since all the main stars are gone, it's insane they didn't bring any old pro wrestlers. You know, that's a good point. You would think they would have dragged at least like Batista out or maybe Kevin Nash. Um Batista maybe is too good for that. Kevin mm. Nash is not. We could have gotten Nash. Could have gotten Nash. Uh, are there any UFC fighters in there? Like there, I think Couture, Randy Couture. Couture. There you go. Okay, so there you go. So you got you got the UFC guys. We, I feel like they we've they got sort of yeah. And uh, Lesnar's never going to be in a movie like that guy. He's not going to do anything that requires him reading. Yeah, that's a good point. He doesn't <laughs> like books. <laughs> what if uh, Brock Lesnar was just super into manga? <laughs> and he's just like, I like how that you have to read it backwards. <laughs> um, I should t- talk about the, the main event of, of yeah, uh, yeah. Grand Slam was not really, see, really so good. So uh, they really leaned in on MGF's neck is fucked up. Samoa Joe just takes a lot of the match. And, and it actually ends up being pretty dramatic. For that reason, right? You've got the aspect of like, well, 
could Cole come out? He's been talking about protecting Knicks. So you've got the like the potential towel throw idea in there. You've got the fact that Joe is plausible killer and MJF's neck is screwed up. Um, you've got the fact that MJF came out in Mets gear, um, which is a good indication that someone's going to lose. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm I'm just it, it was actually very funny because I was like talking to Maddie Matt. He's like, oh man, he's wearing he's like, look what he's wearing. He's like, yeah, he's wearing like Mets gear. Um and uh it's I'm like, oh man, he's probably gonna lose too, just like the Mets. This is this isn't good. <laughs> it's just like this isn't this isn't good for her fandom. Um there's also a couple of terrific comedy bits actually in the episode. One that I won't spoil for you that you may have seen if you saw the first match, but the, uh, the, uh, uh Adam Cole going to Roddy Strong's beg- bedside. Yeah. Which was fantastic. But then right before the main event, there's also a scene like an old Bret Hart clip where I um, saw it. Yeah. Oh, you saw, okay. You saw that where MJF is talking to a kid. Um, and he gives him the scarf and he's like, yeah. And he le- leans in and whispers something in his ear and he turns to his dad and goes, I didn't know I was adopted. <laughs> That was that was perfect. That was Tremendous. so good. Tremendous. I thankfully Maddie didn't ask questions about the the he's our scumbag chant. I was like, I'm just gonna leave that one alone and just see if she has questions. <laughs> I was surprised he let the little boy keep the scarf. Mm, yeah, that seemed like a real like he was gonna take it back kind of thing. But it's no, nice move. It was. Nice move. He is a little bit of a baby face. Yeah, well, that and the the fuck you Joe chance. He also Maddie also did not ask about. Um, but I thought the match was great. I think it ended up being a really really fun match, and the way MJF sort of slips out of things is, I think, clever. There's a, there's a point where like you could argue if you're if you're trying to like star rate it compared to other things, like the flip from MJF being kind of down and out to being able to kind of come back may have been. A little fast kind of flipped, but on the whole, it's a really, really good um, main event. And I thought it was a really. Uh, How long did they give it? The show. It was just about 20 minutes. So okay. a, a that's really a good full... TV main event for sure. Yeah. No, I think it was perfect. You know, I, th- I, I thought the whole show was really laid out. I mean, five matches, all bangers. Um, I think this was. You know, I'd have to compare to the other Grand Slams. I have to like sort of walk through. But I thought this was. another really really excellent grand slam it didn't have anything on the level of like kenny versus danielson from the first one i mean that's like kind of at a different level um that's kind of dream match level yeah yeah i mean that match they walked out and looked at each other and people were chanting this is awesome because it admittedly it was awesome just to see have the two of them looking at each other um this was nothing had that on that level this though i don't think i mean even, actually, the first one at the very end of the night, Eddie gets all these big chants because it's him and Mox. It was him and Mox against um, Suzuki and Archer, and that was a, a big moment and nice. But this time with Eddie winning the ROH title, that was that was a moment. That was a real like, you know, everyone was cheering for Eddie, and it was just I don't know. It was it was nice to see them do that switch in front of in in new york for eddie like it's been a pretty you look back it's been a pretty good year for eddie kingston like he wins the new japan strong title title in corrigan 
Um, someone pointed out apparently in that conversation with Kawada, he promised Kawada he would use the power bomb to beat Claudio, and then he did it. Oh shit! I was trying to explain that to Maddie afterwards. I was like, so Eddie's got this hero who's this unsmiling Japanese man who makes ramen now. Um, but he was a wrestler. He was a wrestler. And Eddie met him recently, and he said, I'm going to use this move, and then he did that. And did she react like my wife would have, which is like, <laughs> stop talking to me? <laughs> she was like, uh-huh. And you said he wore he wears his colors? Yeah, you, that's why he wears black and yellow. It's the other guy's colors. She's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> When you say it out loud, it's not like super great storytelling. <laughs> not your fault, just in no, general. You... But like, <laughs> well, when you say it out loud, you have to like. It's interesting. Like, I mean, it's true of any storytelling, but like, you do have to imbue these things with meaning. It's like if if you hadn't watched old Kawada matches, like, it's a little weird that Eddie loves this ramen maker from tokyo who does not smile <laughs> did you describe to her kawada kicks that's really the best thing about that ramen maker <laughs> we we haven't gotten there yet the next tai chi match we watch we'll break down the kawada kicks okay okay oh, also fuck. that's actually another fun fun thing to break down for her it's like so that other guy that that was eddie's hero he taught this guy how to wrestle oh so they get along no, he hates him now. <laughs> it's like, imagine if your teacher hated you. You're like, I don't like, want to think that. that would Sam been really like, likes uh, me. That's my, uh, <laughs> that was my high school Spanish teacher, Mrs. Barger. <laughs> Why didn't she and I ever get to have a, an intergender match? Uh, maybe in Me like Arena Mexico. That would <laughs> We could have main evented a AAA show. Um, at the very least, you guys could wrestle in a Mexican restaurant uh, on the undercard of an Alberto Del Rio match. <laughs> God, if I ever see her at uh, Plaza Mariachi, it's <laughs> fucking on. Uh, so overall, good time with your child. At, uh... Terrific, terrific time. And uh, she woke up in time to get to school in this, mor this morning. And from all reports, it was actually very good today for everyone. So, you know, can't complain. Uh, I what took a big think? risk there. Big risk. I got to admit. I would pay to hear her tell the other kids what she saw last night. I did. I I didn't want to, like, push her to do that. Because I was like, that's just let her do that she does or she doesn't. But I would be interested in, yes, I'm with you. I'd be interested in hearing her describe. It's like, so daddy and I went to the tennis stadium last night and we watched men people fight there were big explosions because <laughs> that is the other thing i will say we were fairly close to the pyro and we she had headphones on which was really good because it was it was quite loud but um we were closer than i would have been uh, i would have wanted to be to the fire <laughs> legitimately when like the, the flame pyro shoots up it gets 20 degrees hotter was not oh my. was not quite expecting that did you see i think it, earlier this week i sent this clip to the the group chat on instagram mm -hmm. um i think it was at a circle six show or something aj gray had posted a photo of his face all swollen like his eyes swollen mm -hmm. shut 
and there was like a pyro box like kind of shooting the the goldberg sparks up and in the match he got his arms held behind his back and his face held directly over that when it explodes and it looked like it very much fucked him up and i don't know who thought that was going to be maybe a spot that could go any way other than it did like the only way it could have gone is worse than that yeah there's a reason why the Sheik and jerry lawler use like flash paper and not like actual fireworks good on it looked like it i mean i mean on that regard good on him for taking it right i guess i you know respect yeah there's no way that they didn't have a conversation about that spot and be like, yep, this is going to suck. I'm going to go to the hospital tonight. Yeah. Uh, um, so I do want to bring this up because I know we're nearing the end. So I, I, my TikTok sucks. Like not, I don't make TikToks, but like I never get sent TikToks I want to see. Okay. And uh, do you, do you use that app at all? I don't, and I actually don't particularly like sort of the comedy, like, TikTok format. I mean, you see a few funny things now and then, but I, you know. Well, I guess, like, what I see isn't even always funny, but, like, the thing I've enjoyed lately is it brought back a memory that I had completely forgotten about, and that is season one, Tough Enough, Bob Holly beating the shit out of that kid. Like one of the kids he's training, he's the kid has to have like a match with hardcore Holly and hardcore Holly just absolutely beats the shit out of him. He's kicking him in the face for real. He is chopping him till he's bleeding. Like by the end of it, his eyes swollen shut and they aired that on MTV. And Holly was gainfully employed for many years afterwards. But the thing that this person who put the TikTok together was really good about is they put this clip and showed like the students being like, I mean, he, your trainer is just in there beating up your best friend and there's just nothing you could do. And then it just <laughs> cuts to a clip of Brock Lesnar breaking his neck, <laughs> breaking a uh, hardcore Holly's neck. <laughs> and that was awesome. Hardcore Holly was such an asshole. Like, yeah. I can't think of a guy who just seemed like a bigger fucking piece of shit. No, I can. I mean, you can, but like, <laughs> like, yeah, JBL, yeah you mean, JBL seemed pretty terrible. There were a lot of terrible people in that locker room. They all seem to hang out together. For sure. Like, JBL and Hardcore Holly have the exact same energy. I don't know. I just, I always hated yeah. that guy, though I love the Alabama Slam, so I was very torn there. Uh, but then I saw another clip because I guess the algorithm's like, he likes hardcore Holly clips. And I was like, you're kind of right. I do. It showed this clip of DDP getting interviewed by, uh, what's that guy's name? Chris Van Valet or. Um, I thought it was Van Vliet. I don't know if that's right. Or Van not. Vliet. I have no idea. I, I, I know his face. I've not really watched any of his interviews, but he's interviewing DDP and DDP is showing this clip about one of the worst uh, bumps he ever took. He was giving hardcore Holly a superplex off the, <laughs> off the top rope. I I was actually in tears by the end of this clip mm. and DDP was so concerned about hardcore Holly landing flat back from the superplex. He forgot about how he should land himself and basically landed high on his shoulders and, <laughs> and neck. Ooh. 
And he said when he landed, he heard hardcore Holly yelp. <laughs> and he's and he's like he's like I almost just broke my fucking neck. Why are you yelping? They show the clip back when DDP lands. He landed so awkward that his whole body, his whole body folded backwards, and his foot just kicked hardcore Holly in the nuts so hard. <laughs> It couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> I will say, yeah, do, uh, what what was the hardcore Holly kicked in the in the balls face? Because I will say the Chris Jericho kicked in the balls face after the Sammy Guevara thing oh was incredible. Like Chris Jericho's face just said, "Like ow, my nards." <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, Maddie right sing the dingling? <laughs> Did Matt? Does Maddie know the words of Judas yet? Um, we were getting a hot dog during that. She did not enjoy the pizza, so we were getting a hot dog while Judas was on. It, it's okay. There'll be more chances to hear Judas. Probably. There will be. I, I think so. Um, you know, eventually she's going to get old enough where she's going to go like, why is that man doing flips like that when these other per she's like, when you try to put it together, you're like, why did he do that when Ray Phoenix is in the next match doing that? <laughs> Love the Ray Phoenix. Love that. That was uh, her. Or they didn't have any children's merch, so we bought Lucha Brothers stickers. They had. Okay, that's cool. That seemed like honestly, I feel like Phoenix is on a hot streak right now. I mean, especially I, I mean, I've always liked the international today. champion now. He for real, and he honestly deserves it. I think after that rampage match, I've just been paying so much more attention to him and kind of trying to appreciate him while I have him, kind of thing. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I mean, look, eventually, if they've got other plans, you put it back on Mox. But honestly, there's worse things than Ray Phoenix getting a a nice moment like that. Yeah, I mean, a nice surprise too, even if it's not. Because I don't think anybody thought Again, it was Mox a surprise was to everyone. Everyone. Including everyone. Phoenix. <laughs> Wrestling's pretty. He's, he's just like, what? Is this real? Did I really win? Did I beat up the. I beat him with. That actually should be the match. You, If you can pin him before he bleeds, then you're world <laughs> champion of the company. It's 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 a unique version of a first blood match. <laughs> Mox bleeds, the match ends. They haven't done a when was the last first blood match? It's been a while. It's you know though, it's one of those things though that like I don't know. First blood used to work in the territories thing. Now it just kind of feels I don't know, it doesn't seem quite it feels like something it, that's been evolved past, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, although in some ways, and it's good. I, in some ways, I actually think there's gimmick matches that we've evolved past that people just haven't given up on yet. Um, Like, uh, I don't know, it's like cage matches generally. You know, it, once, like, and Hell in a Cell most particularly, like once... 
once everyone just kind of codified the Foley bumps and stuff like that, it's just like, this is, why? Just stop. There's no point. I mean, I was, I was at the mania where Shane took the bump off the top of the cell through the announce table. I think that was against Undertaker. And, like, that's yeah. literally the only thing you remember from the entire match. I I assume Undertaker probably won that one. I I think so. I went we to a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view once. I saw three Hell in a Cell matches in a night. and Three? Yes. I don't really remember any of them that well. I where was it at? Was it at Madison Square Garden or something? It was in it was in Newark at the Prudential Center. This is two thousand nine. It was uh, Undertaker against CM Punk, um, Orton against Cena, and DX versus uh, Legacy Cody and DiBiase. And none were worth mentioning. No. I know I've talked about this on here. I did go to Hell in a Cell at the Staples Center, and mm. uh, there were two. There was Reigns versus Bray in a cell, kind of whatever. But the main event was one of the three, because Lesnar and Taker did a trilogy, right? I think that's right. Oh, so Lesnar-Taker, that was... I can't remember if I saw that one, but that got good reviews, certainly. It was, yeah, because that was one of the first matches at the time, like, of me coming back and watching wrestling, where I had seen somebody tear the ring apart. Where they, uh, I think, I don't remember if, I think Lesnar was the one that, like, you know, tore the canvas up, pulled the mats back, and they were slamming each other on boards inside the cell. And it, at the time, it definitely felt like something I hadn't seen. Yeah. Uh, So I, I did walk away from thinking that that was a memorable one. Yeah, no, I just I think just generally gimmick matches, sometimes they just hit, I don't know, paradoxically, right? They've Once they've hit a peak where they become sort of a brand, and obviously, especially WWE would want to reuse them again and again, and even to some extent, AEW does it too. Um, it's like once you've hit that peak, a lot of times you've already... Um, I don't know. You've 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 gone as far as you can. Like for example, Stadium Stampede. They did the one. I, what could they really do next year? They did the they did the the top comedy one in the first year. Um. Even then, the second one was only so so. Then they did the one in Wembley. Like, I guess you could do it every year in Wembley or something. But do you really need to? Well, the Wembley one was basically anarchy in the arena. I right. feel like they never hit like the level of the first stadium stampede where they were truly throughout that entire stadium, but they were also in a stadium where there was like a pool horses were brought in. They're going off goalposts. They just, they really utilized everything. Uh, but that means that I don't want anarchy in the arena to go away. Like they, it, I like that. I like what they've done with all of them. It's been very fun. Like anytime I think that, is going to be like a low point on the card. It's, it seems like it would be a great thing to be in the room for. Yeah. I mean, part of the other thing with that is it's really just a fight, right? The anarchy in the arena doesn't have like a a point other than it's, it's a fight. Um, I think the problem, keep picking on hell in a cell, but the problem with hell in a cell specifically is that the point is to keep people in. And then 
they just they broke the point. It's kind of again, it's kind of the same with cage matches where like the point was to beat guys up until a certain thing happened and then it became no the point is to do flips off a cage and it's like that's like it doesn't really work like the 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 psychology of it doesn't work anymore the same way whereas yeah i guess anarchy in the arena could be better or worse but it's it's just guys punching each other so the psychology is intact and fine now Um, hear me i feel like the same way about war games doing the big spots with war games it's like once you do again and AEW did this too. It's like once you are doing the escape the cage spots in war games, it's like, well, then if the whole you're selling it on, they're locked in the cage, and it's like, well, they keep not getting being locked in the cage. So, yeah. Well, uh, last last one before we get out of here. What about do you do you remember? I have no idea what WWE pay per view this was from, but it was sometime in the 2010s. It was John Cena versus Rusev in a four corners match where they were dog collared, but also had to hit the turnbuckles in order. And if you got beat up before you hit the next one, it reset all of them. <laughs> it made it oh, yeah. more like a like an American Gladiators game than it did a wrestling match. Well, those were like the traditional strap match rules, which are stupid. Like, again, I... I don't even understand what the again. I think the only way you could explain the logic of that is is to use the same thing as the old like Bruno cage match thing, which is the idea is that you're just supposed to beat your opponent up hard enough that they just like you just can walk around and like hit the corners to ev- go to everyone and be like yeah yeah yeah. Whereas again, once people figured out the the finish where it's like we touch, they keep touching, but then the one guy's getting dragged behind and he keeps touching. And then there's something that's a fight that happens to the fourth corner. And they were just like, well, that's a good finish. Let's use that in all of them. You know, wasn't, wasn't good anymore. Um, yeah. And I forget, I forgot they brought that back for that. Um, I don't remember that match at all. We should rewatch it. I bet it was really fun. Should we? No. I don't know. There's a lot of old ECW to watch. There's so much other Onita. wrestling we could be watching. I I do yeah I've really been wanting to watch like Anita in the middle of a swimming pool in a ring that's filled with explosives and barbed wire that that's really where the good stuff is but um yeah so uh will Fax be back next week or is he still we're getting closer to the return of Jimmy Fax yes he is um getting platelet rich plasma injections in Europe right now um he's uh for this podcast guys he is blood doping so what will that bring to the podcast like what how will the audio be different with the things he's putting in his body um well i'm pretty sure we're gonna be able to hear that he's just erect and just hitting the the (laughs) mic constantly i think i think that's gonna add to the audio you just hear like this that's just the sound of the blood rushing through his penis. We have we have a little like news anchor mic just right down there. So it's it's actually it's got its own mic throughout the show, so you can just hear it going. That's ASMR I want to hear. It's just basically Fax's penis sounding like a noise machine to get me to go to sleep. <laughs> and there's the penis talk, Mom. Sorry that your baby boy turned out this way. We love you, Mrs. Calendar. Um, and 
we will be following your YouTube channel. Don't worry. <laughs> Hit subscribe, like, and comment. Hit ring the bell for notifications. All right, everybody. I think that's it for this week. I think we have. I think we have tapped out. Uh, Chris, I'm happy you got to go see another big AEW show. I'm really glad we got through. I was really nervous about this one, and uh, I'm glad I got through it. She, my my, my wife asked her this one. She's like, "How'd you like the show, Maddie?" And Maddie was like, "It was awesome." And so that was that, that was has to feel. That's great. the joy. It, it it does feel great, Garrett. Um, I gotta say, I you'll you'll get there soon enough. Um, someday we'll be taking our children to wrestling shows together. Um, which will be great because uh, that means we can get drunk and we'll just make Fax stay sober. It'll be perfect. You can take care of the kids. <laughs> yeah. Un- Uncle Fax will, will be st- be the one driving the cab home. <laughs> now that 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 just it sounds like you're building some really nice memories, and that uh, it very much warms my heart to hear the the tales of you and your daughter going to wrestling around New York City and yeah. New Jersey, I guess. <laughs> New Jersey. Um. Yeah, I look forward to getting to do it again. We'll see when the uh, the opportunity arises. Duh, how does she feel about boxcars? You know, she likes chapter books now before bed. I think it's time to get her into the boxcar children. <laughs> yeah, that's... honey, this is where you go see uh, daddy's friend bleed in a shed. <laughs> Is he hurt? Yes, but he likes it. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week uh, reviewing drinks, talking about penises, uh, maybe watching some Onita, probably thinking about knobs, Brian and otherwise. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Uh, What do we rate, review, subscribe? Do we still tell people that you're here? Do it or don't. Yeah, do I mean, do whatever you feel like. Tell a you friend if you want. You, you, you know where our Instagram is. Uh, it's predetermined pod, right? You're here. The people that You're listen here. are here. You're here. You're here every week. We appreciate you. We love you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Go. Hit her, hit her goddamn music. <laughs>